0: Good evening. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, people who are listening to this podcast and who will be hopefully in the future. Um, today, Taylor and I are going to be talking and starting and recording episode three, which is going to be focused on mental health. Because just in case you're a new listener to remind you guys, um, you know, the trial of health involves fitness, nutrition and mental health. If you have all three of those in check, then your overall health is going to be on point and you're going to just have a uh, you know, your life's gonna be way more enjoy- uh, enjoyable because you're not dealing with an illness or some other uh, suffering from another struggle. So, this week's episode is gonna be on mental health. Episode one is fitness, episode two is nutrition, episode three is all about mental health. And, um, yeah, we'll just get right into it, man. So, what up, dude? What's going on? <laughs> I uh just want to clarify you know, when we say mental health, I think. Most people might initially think all we're going to do is talk about like uh, the the mental health diagnoses, like you know people with depression, um, severe anxiety, panic attacks, and uh, stuff like you know bipolar and stuff like that. We we will talk about that specifically on another episode, but for now, we're going to just uh, you know mental health isn't just talking about people who have a legit diagnosis and who are taking medication, stuff like that, or going to treatment and having, you know, psychologists, it also involves just the everyday person who has too much stress and what's too much stress. We can get into that, but uh, possibly they have, you know, lots of fear during their day. They don't speak up for themselves. They get super angry and pissed off really easily over just stuff that doesn't matter. Traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know,
1: that's that's what
0: we'll get into on that subject is like, I was talking about this with my barber. I got a fresh cup today, you know, looking chill. Um, But I was talking to my barber about, uh, you know, he was talking about traffic here, and he asked me about traffic in California. And then I eventually said, like, literally. Well, yeah, it doesn't compare (laughs) at all. Are you (laughs) kidding me? You can't avoid the traffic in California. Uh, I've been in Southern California for almost seven years. But, well, San Diego animals. Yeah, San Diego, and the farther north you go to L.A. is just ridiculous. And if you go farther south (laughs) by the border... You know, my front door was was within 15 minutes of Mexico yeah. for seven years. So if you get the closer and closer you get to the border, it gets even worse. But the people, like 99.9 percent of the people, who get really frustrated and annoyed and pissed off at it, uh, is that ever going to do anything to change the traffic? Like when you get angry or pissed off or get offended if someone cuts you off. Is that going to ever just magically clear up the traffic and do anything for you besides just make you suffer? Uh, yeah. yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Problem solved. Don't do it. I always talk, tell myself in my head, I even recorded a couple of videos because, you know, in California, there's sitting traffic. You're literally just sitting in the same spot for a long period of time. We're going a mile per hour. I recorded a video one time. My goal is to be the happiest damn person on this entire highway. And I, as I was recording it, I was waving at people like sarcastically as I was going by them, like, "Oh, hey, man," you know.
1: Hey. And they are giving me these dirty looks. Yeah. And, if you're stuck in traffic, in California, yeah, yeah sure. Why don't you throw on some Try Health podcast? Oh, oh,
0: that was a very sleek plug, there, dude. Well, turn your car into an education center. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start off Taylor and I are gonna start off talking about our history with mental health, and like I said again, when we say mental health. It's just our mental and emotional well-being. I think mental health can be sometimes skewed into people only thinking it's talking about, you know, depression, schizophrenia, all that kind of stuff. Bipolar, um, maybe bodies more of eating disorders, that kind of stuff. But it it the majority of it, and the majority of humans just have too much stress in their life. They get anxious and frustrated over things that they can't
1: control and doesn't really matter. And then I'm all, you know, we're we're all culprits of that you know yeah yeah we we all experience that like jack and i are no exception to that yeah we all experience that um the cool part is it doesn't need to keep
0: happening forever to the extreme that it is you know like i'll just be firsthand to say i am not a superhuman alien from another galaxy i I, yeah it's weird he doesn't have a belly button it's super weird (laughs) no i'm kidding um but you know, you know it's possible. I mean, I live this way now. Not nipples, yeah. <laughs> I thought you had three. <laughs> I you three. Fuck. Uh, I live this way now, where you know I just—it's a really great feeling to wake up in the morning and just not be anxious or stressed because I just know whatever happens during the day, I'll be able to deal with it joyfully and peacefully. And that's not just a cool like phrase to say on an episode of the podcast. That's just the way I am now. The interesting thing, though, is. For 22 to 23 years of my life, I'm 25 now, just like Taylor. Uh, it definitely wasn't that way at all. I mean, the littlest things would ruin my day, my week, my month, my year, and a lot of times big things too. You know, I've experienced a lot of, you know, uh, adversity just like Taylor and everyone else. But the point is, anyone is capable of living a happy, joyful, peaceful life. I mean, if we think about it, the are not people who just take life too seriously, is a real shame. I took everything as serious as a heart attack no matter what it was. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of funny. Because, I don't know if you know this, Taylor, but do we all, do we live forever? Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> yeah. Modern science. Hey, you know, if you listen to Trot more, you're going to live to 200.
0: <laughs> no, but no. Yeah, I mean, no. come on. So, so you, live forever. you come into this world alone and with nothing. Not even a shirt on your back. And guess what? You're going to leave this world with nothing. You know, it doesn't do anything to bury yourself with $5 million in cash over your body. (laughs) You can't take it with you. So the things that, you know, you might be stressing about right now, today, on Thursday, December 19th, I would suggest asking yourself, is this really going to matter in five days, five months, or five years? And if it doesn't matter over a five-year period, drop it, dude. And ma'am, guy, girl. Guys and gals. Guys and gals. Uh, it's just not worth worth your time and energy. So, you know, well, I can go on and on keep riffing, but Taylor, do um, you want to start kind of with your little trajectory of uh, kind of how your experience with your mental
1: and emotional well-being, mental health, whatever you want to call it, from as long as you can remember until now? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, my when you say I've overcome adversity, it's nothing compared to what <laughs> Jack has overcome. But- hey, you know what, though? I always tell people this. I appreciate
0: that. That's cool. But... You know, I, I give speeches in front of tons of different audiences, and I always make it clear. I don't think my problems outweigh anyone else's. The stuff I've been through, I don't think, because everyone handles stuff differently. You know, I saw, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but I saw someone I know who had, like, one-hour surgery yesterday or two days ago, and it was just Instagram story after Instagram story about how much pain and how struggling, and she's so... Uh, you know, just oh, her life's over. Hey, I get it. Everyone handles stuff differently. But from my viewpoint, watching it, yeah, an hour long surgery is like just a party for me. Right. I know it's, I'm so used to it by now. So that's my point is everyone deals with stuff differently. It's not just a cookie cutter mentality towards life events and circumstances. So, you know, I, I might have been through by some people way more tough shit or more Adversity than someone else, but I still don't think it outweighs anyone, right? You know, so, you know, don't cut yourself short I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean you've been everyone everyone has something the thing is so many people tell me oh I just hope you know this bad time It's been like three years straight with just stuff happening one after another. I just hope it ends. Well, guess what? Uh, This is called life No one is gonna have a perfectly smooth sailing month, let alone maybe even week something yeah. always is going to happen and adversity can affect your mental health in many different ways and it depends on the type of adversity you know i inverse adversity and just trauma is de- defined as a difficulty or misfortune so taylor spilling this water on my computer that's considered a difficulty that's considered adversity but that level of adversity compared to almost dying there's different extremes just like in sports there's different levels yeah, There's amateur sports, semi-pro, there's professionals, and even in the, in the like, you know, I know there's a bunch of NBA games now, even the NBA, there's people who never play a second in mm-hmm. the NBA. They're at the bench their whole
1: career, but they're still savages. Speaking like, of sports, everybody, anybody out there that's gotten a major injury, I mean, you really take for granted that you can walk around fine or deadlift, you know, or whatever, whatever activity you're doing or throw a ball. You really take that for granted until you get an injury and you can't do that anymore. You know, or you can't do it for four months, six months, whatever. That's, yeah. the, that's the beauty of it, just like you said, is
0: people, Man. you don't, it, adversity can be really great because if you have it help you make you better instead of bitter, you can really use it to your advantage. Just like you said, if you break your foot tomorrow, God forbid, I hope you don't, but then you're on crutches for six months because it's like a really bad break or something, you're definitely going to have a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. On just the ability to walk every day pain free, and to walk in general. You know Whereas if it never happened, you'd probably be complaining about like a hole in your pair, a hole in your shoes. Like what?
1: So good, yeah, very good point. You know, yeah, you know what I find super motivational is when I see guys like break an arm or a leg, and they still get into the gym and they do stuff. Where they're they're, you know, say somebody breaks a leg and they're doing, I see them doing seated dumbbell presses and stuff like they're still getting after it. I love guys like that. I mean, of course, not everybody's going to be like that. And uh, that's but everyone can. True. You it's can. true. You yeah, can yeah. It. it's a can skill have a mindset.
0: You know, uh, mental toughness, mental fitness, mind fitness, whatever you want to call it, it's a skill. No one's born with exactly. it. You learn no along it along the way. I was a mental pansy when yeah. I was a kid. And <laughs> Me through, too. through every little everyone is a kid. Think about how many kids go to a first-grade classroom. A kid might have a little bruise and he's gonna oh he's gonna be crying for five hours, he's gonna be limping. It's a bruise the size of a penny, you know. Yeah. But then the older he gets, the more hardened his mindset gets in a good way. And then it gets to a certain point where it might plateau. But then more adversity and more trauma happens. You just grow from it. So that's that's really cool. That's a really good point,
1: man. I remember the first time in I think it was like seventh grade, seventh eighth grade when I ran the mile. I always did the mile in PE, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I was always looking at all the guys, like all these, you know, popular. All the popular people in the grade. Thank you. I know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jack over here. Probably I was just kid. the... But no. Uh, I was always you know looking at other people that were you know soccer players and you know the popular high school kids. Not I'm not talking <laughs> about Jack. I'm talking about him. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm so strong. So you
1: know. I always look at those people and I'm like, I'll never be able to run a mile like that. I'll never be able to run a good mile. I don't know what happened, but it just clicked and I was like... I can run a fucking mile, shit. And I ended up running one of the fastest mile times in eighth grade, just based on my own will yeah. to try. I wasn't in good shape at all oh, in seventh shit. or eighth grade. See, I hit the, I hit my fist, and look at this, our camera. I'm so strong, it just did it when I hit my fist, <laughs> But anyways, yeah. So I mean, it, as we were saying, it's all about mindset, it's all about, I don't know, you're, nobody's born with that. Exactly, and did you ever have the
0: thought cross your mind, because I know growing up in sports, I would always play. I was blessed with good enough athletic ability where I wouldn't necessarily always play with kids my age. I mean, even the soccer teams I was on, the sports teams I was on growing up, we'd always do tournaments against older teams. Yeah. And in high school, when you're a freshman, playing on varsity with uh, seniors, yeah. guys who have beards, yeah. and I can't even grow a peach fuzz, what really changed my... Mindset, my mental and emotional well-being. Was I realized uh, they're a human being just like me. They put their pants on one leg at a time, unless you're super fucking right. creepy ninja and you do it both. But the point is, like, there's nothing that makes them way more capable to achieve things than me. In a sense, to to a certain sense, you know. Obviously, people who are at the very high level, like gymnast, I can never do what these Olympians do in the in yeah. gymnastics. But when it comes it's to something, yeah. yeah, but when it comes to something like running, or I was a, you know, fairly good athlete and soccer player, I just, you got to have confidence. Don't set yourself short. You know, there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Absolutely. You know, cockiness is when you tell other people how great you are. Confidence yeah. is when you, you know, let your, let your action do the talking. Exactly. But yeah, you know, there are other, and, and you guys listening to this might think, you know, gosh, you know. How could I eat as healthy as Taylor or work out as much as we do or, you know, have the uh, mental fortitude that we have on a daily basis? It takes time, man. Yes, it takes, time. it takes time. It takes a long time. But also, I don't want to discourage you because we're nothing special. Right. We just made a commitment and we had discipline. Right. You know, just like. Our, our good old dude Jocko Willing. We don't know him, but yeah. we, we
1: look up to him a little bit. Absolutely, discipline was freedom. So yeah, it takes anything you do in life. It takes time. Anything you're interested in, anything you like doing. I mean, I've been working out for well over a decade, and before that, I played a host of sports as a kid. Yeah. You know, so I mean, things take time, and that's and, you got to enjoy the process. Everybody always says that enjoy the process, but it's really true because. How happy would you be if you had everything right now? You really wouldn't be that happy because you didn't put any time in to achieve anything. If your interests, whatever your interests are, you know, it's going to take time to develop those. I don't care if you're LeBron James or whatever, you know. I agree. and That's
0: kind of what we said on the fitness and nutritional episode was no one's amazing and really good at something the first time they do it. So we gave some insights on fitness for beginners, what they can start doing now. It's gonna be pretty, yeah. But it, you might not be that good at it, or you're gonna. It's gonna be pretty miserable and painful because you're just not in great physical shape. But guess what? No one is on their first time. Exactly. You know. And same with diet. The first time I decided to kind of buckle down and really try not to eat little Debbie's all day, <laughs> it wasn't an automatic switch that was permanent and easy. Yeah. Just like with mental health and mindset, like today. You know, like I said, and Taylor, I'm sure will say a little bit similar stuff when he talks about his kind of history, but. I was a different person from 1994, September 20th when I was born, to 22 years old. Oh, yeah. Compared to 22 years old until now, I turned 25 this past September. Completely different person. I was a different person than I was when I was two. 23. And, 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 and in a good way, as we're saying. a good you way, know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, a lot of people, you know, your personality creates your personal reality. And if Taylor would have met me, well, Taylor's known me this whole time, but like like uh, people who m- have met me the last couple of years, they always see me how I am in the last couple of years. But if they would have met me when I was 15, they would be like, dude, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah. What? You know? So uh, anyways, Taylor, do you want to get into a little bit? You know, talk as,
1: say as much yeah. as you want, man. You can, sure. you can give all your deep dark secrets. I'm not going to call anybody out or anything because I'm sure... You know, oh, come on, dude. No. Okay, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, as far as, I haven't conquered, I guess... We all conquer adversity to some degree. And I mean, in my life, I grew up, parents divorced. Um, were they? How old were you? Uh, I mean, they've been, my parents have been divorced since I was a baby. Oh, so you're confident. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, traveling back and forth between households. Um, you got, you know, there's some beef between parents. I won't get into that. But, uh, you know, you grow up with doubts about yourself and lack of self-confidence. And that I feel that that can really resonate with a lot of people. You know, you're, I was a really shy kid. I was very introverted. I still am introverted. Um, I'm a very observational type person. Um, I do. I really do love people, though. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been hard for me to kind of, like, break out of my shell. And I think a lot of people can really relate to that. Uh, did you to have a shell because
0: when you were growing up, it was a dynamic. You were questioning why is this happening, going from one parent to the next, sure, right, back and forth, or did you maybe – and I know some friends who've had parents who are divorced when they're really young and they thought they weren't good enough because the parents didn't stick together for them, type of thing. Like they skewed it. There's a, way, a lot of things
1: that happen, especially in the developing brain. Yeah. Um, for me, I didn't have a whole lot of issues. I'm super fortunate and, lo- and lucky to have found something I'm really interested in. And I mean, both of us have. Yeah. Uh, You've obviously had to overcome so much, but something good has come out of that.
0: Yeah, and even during the darkest times of my life, your life, and everyone's life, I think it's so, I don't think I know, it is so important to find at least one reason to get out of bed. Yeah. My life during my deepest darkest struggles with my mental and emotional health and just how much I hated myself and couldn't even look myself in the mirror started to slowly take a turn for the better. When I had a reason, a purpose to get out of bed, because I started doing this stuff with the charity foundation, and I'm like, all right, well, if I don't get out of bed, then I'm not going to, you know, raise donations for these kids dying of, you know, the water they're drinking in Africa. So, you know, although if I didn't have that, though, if I don't get out of bed, no one's life is going to suffer or change, like whatever, you know. So I think it's super important to find. Mm-hmm. I think it was Will Smith who said this one time a long time ago. The difference between someone who is depressed and someone who is happy. Is the depressed person doesn't have to wake up. If they don't wake up, no one's lives are going to suffer. No one's going to need them. Happy person wakes up because they have a purpose
1: to fulfill that day. Yeah. So go ahead. That's great. So, yeah, so, you know, grew up, my parents were divorced, so that, you know, I caused a lot of issues with self-confidence and things along those lines that I won't get into too much detail with. But fortunately, I found my passion, my interests now, and that's really helped me it's sort of guided me. That's always been there in my life through hard times. Um, I guess it probably come as a little shocker, a little bit of a shocker to some people, but I did actually, I have been through, you know, shockers, you know, pretty low lows. Um I have been suicidal at times. I think a lot of people have. Um, And this is not like a a pity me episode or anything. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. We (laughs) just want to tell you things like they are. You know, we're being real. Um, I did have a little bit of a drinking problem probably, you know, a few years ago. Um, Thankfully, I've really resolved that. I rarely ever drink anymore. Um, He gets dehydrated all the time. doesn't drink anything. Exactly. I don't drink anything. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, um, so growing up. I think that's powerful to share, though, because. Yeah it's natural for any human
0: who's gone through and what they think is what they're experiencing as tough times. You know, the amount of people I've heard over the, over my two year career speaking that I never would have guessed in a million years, they would have say stuff like that. But there's been multiple people who said like, you know, when things got really tight with money or yeah. my work, my work schedule was so crazy. I got no time to even breathe. Right. They, some guys, when we, a year ago after a speech, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I looked out my apartment window and just that thought popped in my mind, oh, this could all
1: end if I just, yeah. you know. Yeah, a lot of people think like that, unfortunately. Yeah, it it just, been...
0: it's just, it's, so, I don't, it's not like human nature, yeah. but it's almost uh, a normal thing because when you feel so overwhelmed and there's, you can't, and it's been a long period of time where you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, Yeah, and the only way out is to end it all. But guess what? It's a, That's a permanent solution to your temporary problem. Right, It's very cliche, but it's
1: 100% the fact. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, you know, in high school, super quiet, afraid to talk to girls, afraid to... I I have my buddies I hung out with and whatnot, but, you know, really introverted. And uh, you really struggle with... I think a lot of people in high school really struggle with... Middle school, too. Middle school, of course. Your upbringing in general, I think a lot of people really struggle to find out who they are. And, of course, you know you got a, a lot of kids in high school that think they know who they are. You know, kids that are pulling out the stock market on their phones and shit like that. Uh, that. Checking the stocks. Like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. You're in high school. Don't worry about your stocks right now, bro. But... Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that BMW on the school parking lot? Did your parents buy it for you?
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, never mind. All right, you're, you're cool. I forgot. Didn't
1: earn that. No. <laughs> uh, anyways, Which is funny because that happened matter. in our high school. Go ahead. But, you know, uh, so... You grow up with you know, a lack of self confidence and things along those lines. Thankfully, like I said, I found fitness at a pretty early age. Um, I grew up doing sports, which one thing I want to talk about was um, I fucking hate how unfair young kids' sports are. Did you ever get this? So like explain. Okay, so like okay, I'm not obviously agree. I'm obviously not like seven feet tall, so I sucked dick at basketball, but I really tried. But you know, obviously, you get those parents that are so crazy about their kids doing mm, basketball, and they're like, they're trying to live through their other their their kids' lives. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to live vicariously through their children. And I felt like I felt like growing up, I hated sports. They really helped shape who I am now. Did you hate it because of how serious the people around you took it? Yeah, I like really took it so seriously around me. The parents, they're like so fucking hard on their kids to, like, to win the game or whatnot, and nobody would pass me the ball in basketball. And uh, <laughs> But uh looking back on it, sports really helped me to grow as a person. They helped me kind of find out what I was interested in. And would you but, say, like, what's important almost? Or did you – there's
0: was there, a, was there a moments in time, before, like, where you were like, oh, yeah, it's serious shit, like, i got to win, otherwise – my life is over. Were you always know, just like,
1: what is going on? No, here? I, was never, game? I was never. I was never ultra competitive because okay. I, I really, I played a lot of basketball and baseball, but I fucking hated those sports, man. And I still <laughs> yeah. do. I guess boring, the, the but guess the moving was, aspect was be <laughs> big for you. <laughs> right? Yeah, moving aspect was good. Okay. When I, so when I did swimming, though, okay. I got a little bit of a competitive edge. I didn't notice it back then, but I, I knew that I was a little bit competitive. I had that competition in me, but I knew I didn't like doing like. I know I didn't really like swim team. I know I didn't really like baseball, basketball, and soccer and stuff like that. But, you know. Did you, know, you notice, good.
0: even though you weren't in love with the actual sport, did you notice, like, post practice or game or swim meet that you felt better at all? Like, the yeah, did that movement part of you? Absolutely. For me, I did so many sports growing up for longer than I wanted to. Because my mom and dad just want me to keep doing it. Yeah, me um, too. but I still, regardless of how much I hated waking up at 6 a.m. to go to swim practice every summer, after the practice was over, I felt like I was flying, dude. Just because those the endorphin release in your the, the chemical release in your brain from movement. It's totally. that's like the the cliche of runner's high, and it's cliche, but it's also true. Like the runner's high is
1: a real thing. So did you ever? Yeah, you don't you recognize don't, that. You don't you don't make those connections as a kid right, necessarily, right. but yeah, you do feel good. You feel a sense of like. Ah, I that, swim, that swim competition's over or in high school I started doing Taekwondo which I really enjoyed for the duration that I did it didn't do it for very long but I really enjoyed it and every time you you know you say like you test for a belt or something like that and you get it done you're like ah oh, sense of accomplishment right so I think a lot of people don't recognize that at that time obviously mm-hmm. I didn't but that's really important to developing yourself as a person I feel like 100% um so once you got to
0: high school and you found you really resonated with movement, fitness, health in general. Yeah. How was that like? How were you before? You know what I mean? Like, was your yeah, was your uh, mental and emotional health and like just your overall mindset on a day to day basis was it drastically different
1: once you really got that passion for it, or were you like pretty just like yeah? You know, so-so? Once I got the passion for like. For fitness, and, say fitness, weightlifting and stuff like that. That's when I really started to realize that like, I have an actual passion here and I can turn this into something and I really enjoy this. And then it's always been there. I've had other struggles since then, emotionally uh, and stuff like that, as people do, of course. Yeah, like you it's and I were normal. talking about um, just before we started recording. Do you know of anyone who's had a just smooth sailing, perfect year in no, their entire life? Not at all. Like, every year just is different. Happens.
0: It's called life.
1: I feel like every year for me, uh it gets better and that's just because obviously like this year has been great we started this podcast it's something i've been wanting to do i'm kind of i'm really following my passion to a t you know i don't want to work at a shit job the rest of my life right right do you Uh, think it's part of because you're just getting more
0: uh emotionally and mentally mature or do you think it's just learning from your mistakes or you know because i always tell people you can't stuff that happens you think is bad adversity or whatever right make you better or bitter you know because people who break their leg that can lead them down a very nasty dark spiral absolutely it can or the person can grow from it and just be so grateful for what they already have and once it heals they just hit the ground running do you think it's a combination of like all those or you know what I'm
1: saying like I don't know I I, I do know I just don't know how to yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, totally um yeah, I was just thinking about this. So I was thinking about, uh, I guess, an injury I got a couple of years ago. And it was just me being stupid. I'm going to be honest right now. It was me being stupid, working out way too much. I was trying to, you know. We used to do like three days. Yeah, we used to do like three a days. I'm stupid It's like, that's not good for longevity or anything like no. that. But, uh, but for the immediate results. I really fucked really cool. my back up for quite a while, for probably at least six months or so. And it, it basically felt like a, a knife getting shoved into the base of my spine anytime I pick something up off the floor, and uh, I just remember like after that I just kind of like I hated Olympic weightlifting for quite a while. Like I just hated it. I was like, "Fuck this! This is stupid." Um, which it's not stupid. It's actually beautiful. I love Olympic weightlifting. It's a beautiful sport. It's just not for me personally. But especially when you overdo it. Yeah. Thinking back on that. You Um, It gave me a real appreciation for taking care of my body. It actually helped me see that, like, hey, man, you're doing too much. You need to slow the fuck down and pay attention to your recovery and your health. And I feel like, you know, if you can look back on things that happened to you, if you can really look back and say, how did that affect me? And how, how did that, you know, push me to be who I am today? If that pushed you to make a, if that helped you become a better person. That's really what want what you want you want to look at things objectively that that injury that little setback that i had you know i hated it at the time i was like fuck this this is stupid i'm angry but now i look back on it i'm like wow i'm a better person i'm a way better person you hear that a lot people talking about injuries or, and stuff like that you hear that a lot how it helped make them a better person so did you did that come upon just
0: you through your own thought process, or does someone in your life like help you realize that, like, or help you look back on it objectively? You know what I mean. I can't or really. Do you just kind of think because for me, it just came kind of just through my own thought process and naturally. Because for me, I thought about like, gosh, there's got to be a better way to deal with shit that goes wrong. Exactly. So, do you have someone in your life say, "Hey, dude, look back on this," or
1: was it just kind of through your own living experience? Like, <laughs> all right, so, yeah, I didn't. I can't really point to any one specific thing okay, and but you just kind of thought you know eventually through the years you kind of realized like oh you know yeah okay. I've, I've always been a huge fan of i guess this isn't the fitness episode but i've always been a huge fan of, of really periodizing what you're doing especially in the gym because i think people can get really burnt out on things i think i think you can relate that to anything you can relate that to any that you do yeah you can relate that to how you how what your mindset's like towards certain things on a daily basis? Yeah, too much of anything is just like wow, man. Keep your discipline. Yeah, but change some things, take some things out, try something different. You know, um, and yeah, obviously I'm not a professional athlete. Professional athletes, like if you're an MMA fighter and you get you tear an ACL, I mean, that sucks ass because you need life yeah good, you know? right. You need to feed your family and whatnot. Even even if you're super rich, that's still what you do for a
0: living, and not exactly. to be able to do that, yeah, it's kind of suck a little yeah, bit, you know. Absolutely, but mindset, how
1: you look at exactly.
0: it. Exactly. See, I, I say that, and immediately I just thought, well, <laughs> it doesn't have to suck. I mean, it's just your attitude
1: just sucks. That's the thing. Yeah. You know the. Oh, it's just there's, so there's crazy. We you go down a rabbit hole. But, one more thing yeah. I want to say before I'm going to let Jack just riff for a while is. I look back on who I who I was last year, the year before, and man, it's like, you just got to laugh at yourself and be like, wow, I'm like I was really fucking stupid at age 24 or age 23. I'm, I guess I'm 24 right now, maybe 25. Oh, so uh, yeah, I always say... I'm stupid as fuck right I now. I always like, say he's older than <laughs> No, at age 23, I mean, totally different person. Age 22, totally different. That's a totally different Taylor. I mean, it's a completely different person. And thankfully... I've had a lot of great influences in my life that have really helped me to look at who I am objectively and try to help make myself better in a lot of ways. And I really just follow my interests, my passion. That's that's literally all all that's that's all I'm ever going to do. I mean, now for those viewers and listeners who heard that and they think,
0: okay, I want that to happen over my next year, two, three years, they might be wondering. And I'm actually curious. Did you, do you feel like this has been all like, you know, your own doing and your own work or do you think positive relationships other people? Absolutely. Have, okay. It's a combination. I know the answer to that for you, but Sex I just wanted to make sure you clarify yeah. it
1: because you know, I don't think, any, no one can do anything else. I'm completely alone. It, alone. It's a combination of things and you really have to actively work for those things. If you want to develop positive relationships, if you want to develop a healthier mindset in the gym or whatever, towards your daily life, or not getting pissed off in of traffic, you have to actively work. It's a choice. It's really hard, especially when you're in the moment when that dickhead cuts you off in traffic. It's really hard in the moment to be like, ah, you know, don't get yeah. super pissed off. It's it's hard to take a step back and look at yourself in the third person. It really is, and it's, it's been hard for me, of course, as well as anybody yeah. else. But in the beginning, for me too. Yeah. yeah, but that's like the ultimate superpower. Really, it's like one of them is if you can take a, If you can really stop dead. You know, like X Men, like Professor X, when you like freeze the time and you're just kind of looking at yourself in like the third person or whatever. If you can really do that, man, like you can really steer your life and onto a better track. And we'll talk about ways
0: to get better at that, like tangible things you can do, and later yeah. on in the episode. But that's really interesting you said that. I that yeah, wow, that's really cool. I'm I'm super happy to hear. Yeah. Kind of your trajectory. Just, just like uh, the law of whatever you know, this you learn in science and bio or in physics or whatever, you're either gaining, you're growing, or you're dying. No one, no, no energy, no one, nothing just plateaus and stays the same way forever. So, for you, I think it's really cool to see the trajectory. Obviously, there's been, I'm sure, some speed bumps where. You know, you're every two or three years in a row. You're feeling like you're just making better improvements in your everyday life, and then all of a sudden, something sets you back.
1: That's also called life. That happens. Things are always going to happen. I mean, I was in a car accident earlier this year. You know, obviously, thankfully, I wasn't injured. Um, But you know, you're always going to have setbacks. One thing I I wanted to talk about with you in a little while, so you kind of give your story. We can just do it right now. Let's go for it. I really want to talk about. This has been on my mind for a while. I really want to talk about kids now. In high school and middle school, we didn't really have a lot of, I, mean, I remember when I still had a Razor phone, you know, I, mean, I, had, a, I had like a Motorola, yeah, like I you could shove this thing like across the football field. <laughs> in and school, it was uh, high school. Right, indestructible.
0: During middle school and in our freshman year, I remember the coolest phone, like the coolest thing, this is before even like high touches came out. Nothing was a touchscreen. Was the, the phone that's called a sidekick. It looked like a normal, like phone, you know, but then you could turn on it its side and then slide it into two pieces. Oh, dude, you were such a cool guy if you had
1: that. Dude, you were a badass if you had a fucking black.
0: Well, first of all, if you had a phone in general, I didn't get my first phone until I was in eighth grade, and I was like, I still had friends who didn't have it. Like, Yeah. It wasn't a common thing. My cousin got his first phone when he was in fourth grade. Like, wait, what? Like, like dude. They've had iPads
1: since they were eight. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just a different world. So go ahead, continue. So anyways, growing up now, I mean, we didn't... When I was in high school, and it's crazy. Instagram much, wasn't around. That's what I was going to say. Instagram wasn't around. I mean, Facebook wasn't was kind of around, but not like it is now with all the crazy advertising and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's like, insane oh, now. Uh, you know, I played high school sports, and if I played
0: this day and age, the amount of pictures and post-game, pre-game, warm-ups, you know, flexing after practice, it would have gone way too far. I have like two photos from my entire four years of athletics in high school. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just didn't have, you know, the the easy ease of opportunity just to take something and kind of gloat or put it on the internet in the cloud, you know? Yeah. I see, I went back and talked talk to my, uh, talked to the current starting machine soccer team. And a couple of them started following me afterwards on Instagram. I looked through some of them just to see if this theory was yeah. true. Every post was just like an action shot in the game, you know, yeah. like all that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different world. Like it's totally different world. There's like no documentation of Taylor and I in high school because there wasn't the opportunity for yeah. that. Facebook was around, but even then, not. it wasn't that like an everyday use for people, at least
1: in our school. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I had a smartphone until... I didn't get my first smartphone. I got Samsung Galaxy S3 in 2013 when I was in college. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, in 2012 when we were in high school, I still had a I had like a flip phone. I had like a uh, a Motorola flip phone or some shit. But so, what was your? Well, um, I mean, what you think about it, like the amount of phones? Are, like iPhone puts out a new phone every six months now. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how many people
0: upgrade their material things, their technology, their car, their clothes. But they don't upgrade their mind. They don't upgrade their health, their fitness, their nutrition. It's like, all right, you know. It's like what Tara and I were talking about before we started recording. The amount of people, every time a little noise comes from their phone and the computer, it's just they immediately got to check and see who it is. Oh, their phone like, is attached to at the hip. I have made a point over the last couple of years to just get away from that at least two or three points in a day because – You know, technology is great. It's awesome. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's a very helpful tool. But if you become the tool and you let technology use you, that's your master. You know, if I, I don't have my phone's recording this right now, but you know, if my phone went off during this, or if I was someone else, you know, most people would probably check it out real quick if it wasn't on low volume or whatever. You're letting the phone use you. You know what I mean. So, I think that was kind of helpful. And also, the comparison was way less when we were in high school. Comparison is a thief of joy. People say that all the time. I know for me, I would. I was. I had my worst struggles with mental health, depression, anxiety. You know, self harm, eating disorder, all that stuff when I was in high school. And there was multiple nights I would go home and just see posts of some of my friends like doing fun stuff together. I was just too down to dumps to even leave my house, you know? Yeah. And that comparison started to really make me feel worse about myself. Nowadays, it's like you, you can't avoid it unless you don't have any of those things. You know, if you don't have an Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, now TikTok, even on a computer, though, you can still see all of it, right? <laughs> so it's, it's tough. It's tougher. And also, this day and age, I think there's so much more um, knowledge and just press about mental health and the suicide rate is continuing to go up, which breaks my heart. I think part of it, I don't think I, I'm, I'm an avid believer in this, and I just know that part of it's because 2019, almost 2020, this has been the easiest time in history to be a human being. If Taylor and I thought, oh, dude, you want some pizza? We could literally click a couple buttons on our phone and someone deliver it to this room. Like, you don't even have to leave your house to get groceries. Sure. The, the adversity that people go through, the daily hardships, is so small now that when something does happen, they panic. It's chaos. They don't know how to handle it. Right. You know, so it's just such an easy. That goes it's so easy it. to exist these days and just yeah. be, breathe. You know, whereas like a hundred years ago, I mean, the stuff people had to do, the stuff in developing countries people have to do, but people have to walk three hours there to get water and three hours back. I mean they've they, they they're experiencing some tough stuff. I guarantee if they spill a little coffee on their shoe, if they have a little smudge on their shirt, they're not gonna panic and overact like I used to do right. when I was younger.
1: Go ahead. yeah, that I was just gonna say that kind of back to traffic. like you're so hyper aware of your situation. It's such an unnatural state to be in. First of all, you have a car,
0: you're driving on a fairly smooth cemented road. You know, I've been in Haiti and parts of Mexico where it took us two hours to drive two miles because of how bumpy and just uneven the roads are. And uh, to to your point of the traffic and getting mad if someone cuts you off, that doesn't even cross my mind anymore because I immediately go to, you don't know what that person is dealing with. That person could be just a jerk, and evil, doesn't care about anyone. It's it's his world. we're all living it. That guy or girl could be driving, trying to get to the hospital really quick to say their last goodbye to their family member. They could, you know, someone might be in an emergency, maybe their daughter got in a crash and trying to drive quickly. You just never know. So I always give it the benefit of the doubt unless I know. Yeah. If even if they cuss at you or flip you off, you still don't know why they're doing that. Right. You know, so and getting angry is never getting not gonna solve it's not gonna it. It fix it, yeah. you're not magically gonna be able to reverse the situation and have it not happen. It's happened. Move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, immediately build perspective. Did you almost die? Uh, or did, so, you know, a car crash would kill you, but someone, you know, whatever, like, cutting you off. Did, did you almost lose your life? Uh, no? Okay. Well, it's not worth stressing over. Move right. on. Like, you just, that's the extreme that I go to just now, naturally. Yeah. And and it goes along the lines that Taylor and I have talked about this a lot over the years. You just got to be kind to people. You know? You just never know. Yeah. The person in the line with you, the grocery store in front of you or behind you, you never know what they're going through. That nice gesture of you saying, hey, how's it going, or just smiling at them, that could literally save their life. And I don't say that to be cheesy, because it's true. For me, when I was at San Diego State, there was, during my you know really bad times, and I'll, I'll build up this in a little bit, but you know I was not in a good mindset, not in a good place, very just hopeless, whatever, I was, um, kind of had that, like, oh, I just want to, you know, end it or self-harm urge or don't care if I die urge, but when I, and I was thinking all about all this when as I was walking to the stereotypical burrito shop in Southern California and the guy at the cash register was so nice and just super happy, jovial, complimented on like the shirt I was wearing, you know, said, damn dude, you're, you're tall, dude. you know, just really nice guy. The Rest of the day I was fine. You know, so you just there, there's a I, I've met someone who was one of the very few people who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, trying to kill themselves, but they survived. The whole bus ride to the entrance to the Golden Gate Bridge, he was telling himself, if someone he was crying, apparently, he said, if someone just asked me if I'm okay, or they say something nice, I promise myself I will not jump. No one said anything. They were looking at him weird. The, the, the bus he was the last one off the bus the bus driver was like
1: get off my bus dude the kid was crying so wow there's dude. such a disconnect and, exactly in today's world so disconnect you just never know. And yeah yeah people are constantly getting these like you know like when you yeah. like a photo it's like you kind of get like a dopamine hit you you do? you get dopamine. Do. yeah you get dopamine hits and people are just so disconnected with each other there's a lack of communication In today's world, which is really a bummer, and it's for sure causing, right? At least some. And um, guess what? Oh yeah, go ahead. uh, At least some of the issues that you know with mental health today, depression and things. This would probably hit home if this was only teenagers and young adults listening to
0: this. But there's again, you know, there's other people besides them. It's okay. Yeah, people. I I know so many people in San Diego, guys and girls. Who would be visibly upset or down the downs or stressed if they didn't get as many likes as their last post? What? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's crazy. I mean. Sorry, you can't really when you really yeah. think about it the likes on your post, it just <laughs> like so many people post stuff
0: nowadays, mind. like so many people around our age post stuff to get that um, Gratification, or to get that confirmation that they're cool or they're good. Oh man! I mean, the only reason why I post stuff is because it's smart for my speaking and coaching business and our podcast. Yeah. Social media is a extremely good marketing tool. It's great, but you know, I used to post stuff when I first got Instagram. My freshman year, college in 2013, I used to post workout videos of me like PRing something, or that was like good shots of all the muscle I had. And I would feel way better about myself when I got the the positive comments and the hundreds of likes. And then the ones that I didn't, I I felt just bad about myself. Like, what? you got to be okay with yourself first because guess what? You're the only person who's living with your own thoughts 24-7. The most important conversation you can have is the one with yourself because you're with you all day. Yeah. You know? So the people who, there's too many people who need that confirmation. And you know, just, just because you don't, you have three likes on a post and right. five followers, whereas someone else has a million, doesn't make them a better person, doesn't make them anything. It, it, it just means that you know, you gotta get better with your own standpoint and viewpoint of yourself. For me, I know for the longest time I was my biggest bully. I didn't want really to get bullied growing up. Yeah. But the shit I said to myself, oh, I wouldn't worse, I wouldn't wish that my worst enemy, you know. Um, I don't know about you, but were
1: you ever like consistently hard on
0: yourself? Or are you just kind of like, yeah,
1: I want to, I want to touch on the social media thing too. It's like, I obviously my, yeah, my Instagram is, it's purely my own business. It's purely, I enjoy posting videos of workouts. I love that. It's my, I don't care if I get likes or not. I don't give a shit. It just looks cool. I like, not that it looks cool. But it's it's fun for me. It's fun to do that stuff. It's I like be it, forever. Too. And If somebody's like, "Dude, did that uh, core workout, or I did that workout. That's badass." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool, awesome." I helped somebody. That's that's like that's why I like doing it. I enjoy just yeah. like this podcast. We aim, yeah. we aim we aim to help people. That's literally it. So yeah, but, the, it's such a
0: rewarding feeling. I feel so lucky when I get the people who message me and say, you know, they either say you know i think it's really great what you're doing can you help me with this or they just say hey keep, you know what i mean just the the um the people that are positively impacted by stuff that we do and as humans do that's the best most it rewarding back, feeling you know. it's fulfilling and that makes you realize that
1: what you're doing is fulfilling yeah it's like you know i get say like say i get three likes on a video or whatever of a workout and i get Help people. If two of those people do the workout, great. They did a workout. They bettered themselves. That's what's important, mm-hmm. right? So that that's is- exactly why Taylor and I are doing this podcast. It's not for anything besides we
0: have developed and learned and you know mastered yeah, so many things over the years with our health. You know, we know for a fact if if people can hear more about this stuff, it can really help them. And and I'll really quickly kind of get into my history. And I, you know, there's. I could talk about my 25 year journey for the next five hours. It's not worth it right now. Um, what is worth it though is I'll tell you kind of the the uh, biggest things that I've been diagnosed with or struggle with, and then where I'm at now. And that will hopefully help you guys realize that you can, you can, anyone can become uh, happier, healthier, eat better, move more. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for people who don't know Taylor and I, and you might initially think, like, oh, these guys have never had it really bad. Uh, first of all, that's stinking thinking. I wouldn't think that. Why but we recognize that. Correct. But to be honest, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, ever since I can remember, I had very bad anxiety. Kindergarten, first grade, tests, anything. Um, I always had, I, got, I developed perfectionism really young. I remember in kindergarten, <laughs> we'd play kickball. And the way our, our, my elementary school was set up was the kindergarten playground was where at home plate was facing the wall and the school roof, like, I don't know, 20, 30 yards away or whatever, 25, 20 yards. I remember like the first week of school, I hit a home run because I hit the kickball over the wall on top of the school and over the roof. <laughs> and I got so much like praise for that from my classmates. Like, oh, dude, you're, hell oh, yeah, dude, you're yeah. cool, man, awesome. And I just remember that kind of triggered something in me, like, all right, I'm known as a, the guy who's the best at that. Now I need to be the best at everything. I need to be perfect. That was a tough way to grow up with that kind of mentality. But also, eventually, the perfectionism led to really bad anxiety because I had performance anxiety about getting perfect grades, perfect everything. The Anxiety eventually led to severe stress. The stress led to severe depression. I started taking uh, psych psych meds when I was a sophomore in high school. I was 14 people, like what? That's, obviously if I go back and do it again, I would change that, but at the time, I I didn't know any better, my parents didn't know any better, most of the medical field didn't really know any better. And I think it's great if some people do that stuff and it helps them, but I was put on so many different things at 14 years old, It, it made things worse in a lot of ways. But so, really bad depression, and then I lost control of all of my emotions, my attitude, everything. The only thing I could control was what I put in my mouth, what I ate, and what I drank. So, naturally, as a perfectionist, I got very perfectionistic about that. I got so, uh, I only ate raw whole foods, nothing out of a wrapper, very minimal food, like, because I had body dysmorphia as well. You know, my nickname growing up was Six Pack Jack and with my soccer teams and stuff, but I always thought that was funny because I saw a fat person in the mirror. Um, so I like, you know, I would eat an apple for breakfast, banana for lunch, and then just a bunch of water at dinner. <laughs> and it's funny because now, because it was me, but I, I wouldn't laugh at that for someone else. But the point is I developed uh, orthorexia, which is a very uh, specific type of eating disorder that means you kind of have an obsession for health. So if I ate anything that in my mind was unhealthy, I would get very stressed, panicky, felt like the world was coming to an end. It was it was crazy. So then I got to the point where the eating disorder and depression and stuff, and naturally the suicidal thoughts came in, the self harm. Man, I don't talk about this in all my speeches because about half of my speeches are at educational, you know, high schools or middle schools or colleges. But yeah, I mean, I remember my junior and senior year in high school. I started self harming when I was a junior, and people didn't realize that though. You know, I was the captain of the varsity soccer team. You know, I could put on a mask most of the day. And I'm sure you had to do too, Taylor, where on your deepest days, you don't really want to, I never wanted to be like a burden to the people. people. Right. So it was draining because I would go to school and act like everything's great, smile, go home and basically just like cry in my room and die right. just emotionally mentally. So I ended up dropping out of high school my junior year, went to this rehab facility in Wisconsin, turned my life around to an extent, came back in summer school, got back, caught up. My senior year was really great, you know. Graduated high school and everything, straight A's, and um, did my best athletically as well because I just didn't have that perfectionistic pressure. Um, and you know, and then along the ways, those things were like the personal mental health struggles. But there's things along the in my life that contributed to it. Ever since you know, I had two or three surgeries at, at a week old for my for my kidneys, my ureters, and my bladder. My mom has always told me the day I was born, the doctor said. Uh, that I might have to wear a diaper my the rest of my life, like I was that messed up, like with my urinary system. So that was kind of just funny looking back at it, because that was just the starting point. <laughs> just yeah. one thing after another. I mean, I had my first really bad concussion I had to be ho- hospitalized with, and just you know really bad symptoms when I was in first grade. I had black eyes in like every photo every month going to school. The school staff used to call my parents and like interrogate them because they thought they were beating me up, but it was really just me wrong place for a long time during sports um and then the really bad injuries were you know when i was in eighth grade i broke my left foot was on crutches in the cast for three months the day after it healed broke it again so my eighth grade year i was on crutches with a cast for every part of the school year except for one month and when you're in eighth grade i don't care if you're a guy or a girl most of the time you and your friends are active that's what you do for fun you play video games and stuff but you're also shooting hoops doing you know being active, playing with your teammates. Well, all of that, all of that was taken away from me. So I became uh, lonelier and kind of an outcast. And then from there, you know, just continued. I got compartment syndrome on my right thigh when I was a sophomore. So I have a foot-long scar on my right thigh, and I almost they almost had to amputate my leg if it got to a certain extent, because, you know, we can explain compartments another time, but if you wait too long, the circulation and your muscles start to die, and then that can be very, um, Poisonous to the rest of your muscles, so you have to amputate the leg. Luckily, they caught it in time. I got the surgery, but that I, that took over a year to recover from. What else? What other injuries? Uh, you know, basically everything except my knees. You know, I broke my nose three times. I have screws in my left shoulder, screws in my left hip, reconstructive left shoulder surgery. I tore everything you can tear in there. Um, labrum, biceps tendon completely. I had Popeye arm. Torn my rotator cuff, my hip, I had a fracture in my femur, and then at the ball and socket joint, and then I had really bad torn labrum. That was shitty. I remember Taylor visiting the hospital for that. That's right. Um, What else? Oh, and then the last two years, starting on September 20th of 2017, the day I turned 23, that was the start of a very intense battle with a chronic illness i got diagnosed with stage 3 ckd stage 3 chronic kidney disease i had over so from that point 2017 until three months ago so that's a 24 month period 27 month period there was like i think it was a 720 days from that point until three months ago out of those 720 days i was in the hospital over 510 of those days I had 12 surgeries, which led up to 45 hours, uh, over 45 hours of anesthesia. I had 12 procedures, which were just one-hour s- surgeries, but I never had to stay the night, so that's why I call them procedures. Uh, I had over 50 infections. I had sepsis seven times, septic shock three times when I was in the ICU, and most people would die from that. So I feel so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was just great. It, it was uh, it's a blessing to get through that because. Doctors' eyes are like silver dollars, and they literally said, like, dude, you know, we're gonna to try to make this turn this around, but it's not looking too great. And then they didn't ever literally say you're gonna die, because no one says that to a <clears throat> you know, young adult. But I'm not dumb. I could read between the lines and I knew what was happening. I knew what sub to shock was. And then uh, the last thing with that whole thing was for 17 months, so a year and a half, I had a superpedict tube that went into my bladder and it was attached to a bag that was uh, pinned to my underwear. I had a fully catheter for six months which was just a catheter in your you know what that was so comfortable and amazing <laughs> and then uh, for 17 months I had uh, nephrostomy tubes in, in each of my kidneys so they, they stick the tube through your back into your muscle, into your kidney, and it stays there. And that drained fluid into a bag attached to my underwear for 17 months, stitched to my back, terrible. You can replace every two months. Um, the point is all that adversity, uh, and, and now I'm, the way in the way I'm living now is I've I've never been happier. Dude, I just love living, man. You know? And the point I think that's really interesting for people listening is. Up until 22, everything that went wrong in my life made me worse and worse, made me more depressed, more stressed. About, gosh, halfway through about three months before my 23rd birthday when I got really bad kidney disease and, you know, all my ureters and bladder surgeries, I kind of realized, like, no one said anything to me. Like, in Taylor's life, no one came and said, hey, look back on this. Like, you can grow from that. It just kind of came to me, and I'm like, I mean, and, and I actually looked at people. I'm like, why is there people who have no limbs who just got back from, you know, the war in, in Iraq or Afghanistan? And they are so happy pe- spreading positive messages. I knew yeah. some of these people living in San Diego. And so why are they like that? But I get more miserable every time adversity or physical trauma happens. So I just realized, like, you know, that I'm just going to focus on the things I can control. And I think this is a really important thing that we can end with. The amount of people that stress, have anxiety, fear, angry about stuff they can't control is insane. Just to be clarified, as human beings, Taylor and I, we can only control our own attitude and actions. That is it. Like the amount of people who stress about other people in their life or events that they have zero control over doing, it's a waste of your time and energy. So for me, my health was out of my control. I did everything the doctor said and I was still getting sicker. So I just focused on my attitude and actions. You know, as a, as a teammate, I stress so much and had have so much anxiety about my teammates doing better. I just focused on myself. So when I did that, and when I also decided to keep the privileges of feeling happier and happy, unhappy to myself, my life changed forever. And I think Taylor does a good job of that too. Um, and, and what I meant by that, and this is the last thing we'll say today, is, you know, I don't let what anyone does or that any event happens during my day dictate my emotions because that's... You just being a slave and a victim to your circumstances. That's the ultimate form of giving power to someone or something else. So, um, on top of that, we just hope you guys really, uh, you know, got stuff out of this episode. We're going to just expand on this even more on the next
1: mental health episode. Any thoughts, Taylor? This is how candid we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So- yeah, we hope you guys can really take something away from this episode. We obviously talked a lot about our kind of backstories and over- overcoming adversity, I think, is kind of the, the theme of this episode. We have lots more to talk about, some different things you guys can implement uh, in your day. We won't talk about that on today's episode, of course, but yeah, we'll get into it. And I think one thing that for the people who've listened to the first three episodes,
0: or you might in a couple months like discover this podcast and listen to them. It's interesting. Our fitness episode, Taylor and I have a fairly similar fitness journey. When it comes to nutrition, he and I couldn't be more different, yeah. which I think is super important and cool for the audience because not everyone's going to resonate with how I you know, eat and have to eat right now with my health, and not everyone's going to resonate with how Taylor Absolutely. treats nutrition. And the same thing with this mental health episode. I come from the extreme of someone who's had to be hospitalized, a suicide attempt, diagnosed with depression, you name it. Yeah. Whereas Taylor's never necessarily had those like stuck in stone diagnoses, but he's had stress, anxiety, and trauma in his life, like any other 24 year old human or anyone in general. So, you know, and, and the point is, Taylor has become better instead of bitter from his circumstances and his traumas. Obviously, he wasn't like that from the get go. Yeah. I definitely wasn't either. Like I said, up until my, you know, 20, up until 22. Every little thing that happened made me more stressed, more depressed, more angry, more frustrated, It was bad. Once I started to click and realize, like, it's just a choice. Anything that happens to you, you can choose to be joyful or be miserable. Do you want, you know, like going outside in the cold right now, I can either choose to experience that full of misery or full of joy. Like, how lucky are we? It's true. There's no one shooting yeah, I mean, at us. We live, yeah. you know, it's like. So it's a choice. And this is what Taylor said a little bit in the beginning, too, is it just comes down to that. You guys tend to forget, and a lot of humans tend to forget, that you have the ability to change. No one needs to do it for you. It's a simple choice. And you just got to keep doing it. Like we say in our kind of motto on our Instagram for the podcast is decide, commit, and act. And it's easy to forget, though. Like Taylor said, you're not great at something the first time you do it. For me, I had to set reminders in my phone for six months until I started to become something became a yeah. habit. So when it comes to traffic, I constantly, every two hours during the day, said, you know, I, I alarmed to go off my phone and ask myself, how did you deal with the traffic? Did you deal with it miserably or joyfully? Yeah. And, and now I just don't even need that, you know? Right. So you just gotta continue to practice that. But um, yeah. any, any uh, famous last words before? Uh, yeah, I, I think that was a great episode yeah dude and yeah. I hope it's not too overwhelming yeah. that's why I think you know this is why Taylor this is why we discussed like we want to break
1: down the episodes to focusing on each individual aspect of yeah. the triad of health absolutely. so we're what gonna are we nobody t- can talk about next week absolutely yeah, we're going to talk about all sorts of different tactics you guys can use to you know stay on top of your day uh, and just overall make your life that more that much more productive yeah and I, I think it's cool is Instead of having to wait for the
0: next mental episode, I think it'd be cool if you and I, even nutritionally and fitness-wise, started posting more stories on the podcast Instagram and our own Instagrams. Absolutely. Um, you know, our stuff that we have that has helped us that we think could be valuable to other Mm -hmm. people. Taylor, what's your Instagram for those people who only know the podcast? That's
1: your Instagram? Sure. My Instagram is Taylored T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D underscore. S-C, tailored S-C. And you know,
0: Taylor doesn't only post stuff for his, you know, fitness and coaching business. He has stuff on nutrition, just thoughts for the day. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Then mine is uh my Instagram um, is I am, like spelled out I am. So it's I am Jack Sernet. My name's in you know all the podcast stuff, but Sernet is spelled S-E-R-N-E-T-T. That's the same as my TikTok, my Facebook, and my Twitter. My Facebook's just my name, but you know, we will. We put a lot of gyms out there, and I think we yeah. should keep doing that. Absolutely. There's a lot we could have talked about today in this episode. And like Taylor was saying, things that people can do now, tangible things to start improving their mental and emotional health, we're going to dive into that really, you know, strong, the next mental health episode. Yeah. But in the time being, you know, keep a lookout. Taylor and I will post those stories yeah. here and there. And same with the nutrition and the fitness. So next week, what do you – What's the, we're going to back to fitness for the next episode?
1: Fitness next week. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, that was fucking great. Yeah, stay strong, decide, act, commit. Boom. 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 See you guys.